0: We will be following a Bible reading calendar that provides for reading the whole Bible in a year that was created by Minister Robert Murray McShane for his congregation back in 1842, and that has been a part of my daily reading for over six years now. All right, good morning and welcome to the Thursday morning, October 13th, 2022 episode of the Faith Comes From Hearing podcast. I'm Wayne Floyd, your host. This is a podcast that is dedicated to the public reading of the Word of God, along with the reading of some prayers and a devotion each morning. Uh, Basically what I'm doing is I'm sharing with you part of my morning ritual, my morning um, time in the Word of God before I start my work day. So uh, I had realized that, had seen some ideas along that line, and uh, was impelled to sit down and share this with you each morning. Uh, we do our uh, reading of prayers from the Valley of Vision, which is a collection of Puritan prayers. We do our devotion each morning. It is the morning devotion for that particular day from Charles Haddon Spurgeon's Morning and Evening Book of Devotionals. We do our Bible reading. We're using Robert Murray McShane's uh, Read the Bible in a Year Plan that he created for his congregation back in the 1900s. And we're, we read from the Legacy Standard Bible which is the, uh, currently it is the most accurate texturally to the earliest manuscripts that we have. Um, in the show notes will be links to everything I'm reading this morning. Um, I actually, as I've said before, I read online as I do this because the print's bigger, easier to read on the fly while I'm, while I'm recording. Um, but there will also be links to hard copies of each of these things. And, and, Actually, I forgot. I'm, I'm actually going to add to the show notes this morning um, a link to McShane's Bible reading plan, because for some reason I had not thought about putting that in there. I just put the link to the Legacy Standard Bible. Um, so I will put that in there as well. And again, I will inc- would encourage you to get hard copies of of these. You never know when whether you're going to have power or not. As crazy as the world has gotten and Uh, with the way um, fuel costs and power costs and everything else is going up, and the more and more they want to tax you more and more on stuff that actually belongs to you, um, who knows, Um, and you never know what's going to happen with the internet. Um, You just don't know. There's way too much uncertainty out there that having the hard copy in your hand, they can't take away from you, that they can't limit you, that nobody can prevent you from reading Uh, makes more sense. Now, as I've said before, currently we do not have a Legacy Standard Bible. I have the other two. However, I did yesterday, well, last night, actually, uh, I placed a pre order, and we should get ours sometime in December. Um, It is a particular pack, we're getting that along with a, I think it's called Psalms of Grace. Um, It goes along with our um, hymns of grace that we got um, that I purchased back in 2018 when I went to shepherds conference, our, our church, um, a number of us elders of our church, we went along together, um, and had gathered money from the congregation and out of our own pockets and we bought hymnals for our church. Um, so, and I, I actually, I bought four, we kept two at home and then gave two to the church so that our church would have them at the time. Of course my wife and I no longer attend there currently, but, um, having the hymns of grace, um, which is from grace to you from um, grace community church there in California. Um, We want to, we want to add this along with it It has a good deal of information, but it's a pack. It's that and a legacy standard Bible. So we thought we would go ahead and we get it at a discount. Actually, you can get it at a discount and get both of those. And believe me, Both of those would be great resources for you. So, and that's at 316 Publishing. All I got to do is go to 316 Publishing, and that will, uh, and you'll uh, actually, I think it's an ad right on the front page, um, and you could get the pack. So, and the link for 316 Publishing is already in the show notes. But so, um, let's see, if I said everything else? Uh, we want to continue to pray for all of those impacted by Ian. Um, of course, we want to continue to pray for our country. Um, you and I both can see how crazy stuff has gotten. Um, and as I've said before, as much as I'm looking forward to a red wave, it is not going to be our solution You know, in the, in the upcoming election. It is not going to be our solution. Revival is the only thing that is going to save this country because we've been given over to judgment, um, as we should have been. Um, our country makes Sodom and Gomorrah look like pikers. Meaning it it makes them look like wimps. Um, We are just charging into debauchery pell-mell like a bull in a china shop. So it can't be surprising that that's going on, but we need to pray for revival. All right, let's go ahead and get going with our reading. Um, As is our normal practice, we're going to start with the Puritan prayers uh, to get ourselves in a prayerful mind and get us ready to take in the word of God. Um, our first two prayers as it is each day will be resting on God and grace and trials, and then we'll do our prayer, our morning prayer for the fifth day of the week. So resting on God. O God, most high, most glorious, the thought of thine infinite serenity cheers me, for I am toiling and moiling, troubled and distressed. But thou art forever at perfect peace. Thy designs cause thee no fear or care of unfulfillment. They stand fast as the eternal hills. Thy power knows no bond, thy goodness no stint. Thou bringest order out of confusion, and my defeats are thy victories. The Lord God omnipotent reigneth. I come to thee as a sinner with cares and sorrows, to leave every concern entirely to thee, every sin calling for Christ's precious blood. Revive deep spirituality in my heart. Let me live near to the great shepherd. Hear his voice, know its tones, follow its calls. Keep me from deception by causing me to abide in the truth, from harm by helping me to walk in the power of the Spirit. Give me intenser faith in the eternal verities, burning into me by experience the things I know. Let me never be ashamed of the truth of the gospel, that I may bear its reproach, vindicate it, see Jesus as its essence, know in it the power of the Spirit. Lord, help me, for I am often lukewarm and chill. Unbelief bars my confidence. Sin makes me forget Thee let the weeds that grow in my soul be cut at their roots grant me to know that I truly live only when I live to thee that all else is trifling thy presence alone can make me holy devout strong and happy abide in me gracious God amen and now grace and trials father of mercies hear me for Jesus sake I am sinful even in my closest walk with thee it is of thy mercy I died not long ago Thy grace has given me faith in the cross, by which thou hast reconciled thyself to me and me to thee, drawing me by thy great love, reckoning me as innocent in Christ though guilty in myself. Giver of all graces, I look to thee for strength to maintain them in me, for it is hard to practice what I believe. Strengthen me against temptations. My heart is an unexhausted fountain of sin, a river of corruption since childhood days flowing on in every pattern of behavior. Thou hast disarmed me of the means in which I trusted, and I have no strength but in thee. Thou alone canst hold back my evil ways, but without thy grace to sustain me I fall. Satan's darts quickly inflame me, and the shield that should quench them easily drops from my hand. Empower me against his wiles and assaults keep me sensible of my weakness and of my dependence upon thy strength let every trial teach me more of thy peace more of thy love thy holy spirit is given to increase thy graces and i cannot preserve or improve them unless he works continually in me may he confirm my trust in thy promised help and let me walk humbly in dependence upon thee for jesus sake amen and fifth day mornings the giver creator upholder and proprietor of all things we cannot escape from thy presence and control nor do we desire to do so our privilege is to be under the agency of thy omnipotence righteousness wisdom patience mercy and grace for thou art love with more than parental affection we admire thy goodness stand in awe of thy power abase ourselves before thy purity it is the discovery of thy goodness alone that can banish our fear. Allure us into thy presence. Help us to bewail and confess our sins. We review our past guilt and are conscious of present unworthiness. We bless thee that thy steadfast love and attributes are essential to our happiness and hope. Thou hast witnessed to us thy grace and mercy, and the bounties of nature, and the fullness of thy providence, and the revelations of Scripture. And the gift of thy son and the proclamation of the gospel make us willing to be saved in thy in thy own way perceiving nothing in ourselves but all in jesus help us not only to receive him but to walk in him depend upon him commune with him follow him as dear children imperfect but still pressing forward not complaining of labor but valuing rest not murmuring under trials but thankful for our state And by so doing, let us silence the ignorance of foolish men. All right, morning october thirteenth, twenty twenty two. This is Spurgeon's morning and evening. Uh, We'll see, the scripture for today is Second Corinthians seven ten. For godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation, not to be repented of, but the sorrow of the world worketh death. Mm, Sorry, let me take a quick drink of tea. Yes, I decided on tea this morning, not my coffee. All right. Genuine spiritual mourning of sin is the work of the Spirit of God. Repentance is too choice of flower to grow in nature's garden. Pearls grow naturally in oysters, but penitence never shows itself in sinners, except divine grace works it in them. If thou hast one particle of real hatred for sin, God must have given it thee for human nature's thorns never produced a single fig that which is born of the flesh is flesh true repentance has a distinct different uh, sorry true repentance has a distinct reference to the savior when we repent of sin we must have one eye upon sin and another upon the cross or it will be better still if we fix both our eyes upon christ and see our transgressions only in the light of his love true sorrow for sin is eminently practical no man may say he hates sin if he lives in it repentance makes us see the evil of sin not merely as a theory but experimentally as a burnt child dreads fire we shall be as much afraid of it as a man who has lately been stopped and robbed is afraid of the thief upon the highway and we shall shun it shun it in everything not in great things only but in little things, as men shun little vipers as well as great snakes. True mourning for sin will make us very jealous over our tongue, lest it should say a wrong word. We shall be very watchful over our daily actions, lest in anything we offend, and each night we shall close the day with painful confessions of shortcoming, and each morning awaken with anxious anxious prayer, that this day God would hold us up, that we may not sin against Him. Sincere repentance is continual. Believers repent until their dying day. This dropping well is not intermittent. Every other sorrow yields to time, but this dear sorrow grows with our growth, and it is so sweet a bitter, that we thank God we are permitted to enjoy and to suffer it until we enter our eternal rest. Amen. Wonderful, wonderful word. All right. And we're going to get to our Bible reading. Uh, What we're reading today is 1 Kings 16. We're continuing on with uh, the different kings of Israel and and, uh, Judah. And then Colossians 3, Ezekiel 46, and Psalm 102. So 1 Kings 16. Now the word of Yahweh came to Yehu, Yehu. The son of Hanani against Basha, saying, Inasmuch as I exalted you from the dust, and made you ruler over my people Israel, and you have walked in the way of Jeroboam, and have made my people Israel sin, provoking me to anger with their sins. Behold, I am going to sweep away Basha and his house, and I will make your house like the house of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat. Anyone of Basha who dies in the city, the dogs will eat. And any one of his who dies in the field, the birds of the sky will eat. Now the rest of the acts of Basha, and what he did, and his might, are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Israel? And Basha slept with his fathers, and was buried in Tirzah, and Elah his son became king in his place. Moreover, the word of Yahweh, through the hand of the prophet Jehu the son of Hanani, also came about against Basha and his household both because of all the evil which he did in the sight of Yahweh, provoking him to anger with the work of his hands, in being like the house of Jeroboam, and because he struck it. In the twenty-sixth year of Asa king of Judah, Elah the son of Basha became king over Israel at Tirzah, and reigned two years. And his servant Zimri, commander of half his chariots, conspired against him. Now he was at Tirzah drinking himself drunk in the house of Arzah, who was over the household at Tirzah. Then Zimri went in and struck him and put him to death in the twenty-seventh year of Asa king of Judah, and became king in his place. Now it happened when he became king, as soon as he sat on his throne, that he struck down all the household of Basha. He did not leave a single male, not even any of his kinsmen, redeemers, or his friends. Thus Zimri destroyed all the household of Basha, according to the word of Yahweh, which he spoke against Basha by the hand of Yehu the prophet. For all the sins of Basha and the sins of Elah his son, which they sinned and which they made Israel sin, provoking Yahweh, the God of Israel, to anger with their idols. Now the rest of the acts of Elah and all that he did, are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Israel? In the twenty-seventh year of Asa king of Judah, Zimri reigned seven days at Tirzah, Now the people were camped against Gibbethon, which belonged to the Philistines. And the people who were camped heard it said, Zimri has conspired and has also struck down the king. Therefore all Israel made Omri, the commander of the army, king over Israel that day in the camp. Then Omri and all Israel with him went up from Gibbethon and besieged Tirzah. Now it happened that when Zimri saw the city was captured, he went into the citadel of the king's house, and burned the king's house over him with fire, and died, because of his sins which he sinned, doing what is evil in the sight of Yahweh, walking in the way of Jeroboam, and in his sin which he did, making Israel sin. Now the rest of the acts of Zimri, and his conspiracy which he carried out, are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Israel? Then the people of Israel were divided into two parts. Half of the people followed Tibni, the son of Ginath to make him king. The other half followed Omri. But the people who followed Omri prevailed over the people who followed Tibni, the son of Ginath, And Tibni, di- Tibni, Tibni died, and Omri became king. In the thirty-first year of Asa, king of Judah, Omri became king over Israel, and reigned twelve years. He reigned six years at Tirzah. <clears throat> and he bought the hill I'm sorry and he bought the hill Samaria from Shimmer for 2 talents of silver and he built on the hill and named the city which he built Samaria after the name of Shimmer the owner of the hill and Omri did what was evil in the sight of Yahweh and acted more wickedly than all who were before him for he walked in all the way of Jeroboam the son of Nebat and in his sins which he made Israel sin provoking Yahweh, the God of Israel, to anger with their idols. Now the rest of the acts of Omri, which he did, and his might, which he showed, are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Israel? So Omri slept with his fathers and was buried in Samaria, and Ahab his son became king in his place. Now Ahab the son of Omri became king over Israel in the 38th year of Asa king of Judah. And Ahab, the son of Omri, reigned over Israel and Samaria twenty-two years. And Ahab, the son of Omri, did what was evil in the sight of Yahweh, more than all who were before him. Now it happened as though it had been a trivial thing for him to walk in the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, Nebat that he took Jezebel, the daughter of Ethbaal, king of the Sidonians, as a wife, and went and served Baal, Baal and worshipped him. So he erected an altar for Baal in the house of Baal, which he built in Samaria. Ahab also made the Asherah. Thus Ahab did more to provoke Yahweh, the God of Israel, to anger than all the kings of Israel who were before him. In his days, Hiel, the Bethelite, built Jericho. He laid its foundation with the loss of Abiram, his firstborn and set up its gates with the loss of his youngest son, Segub, according to the word of Yahweh, which he spoke by the hand of Joshua, the son of Nun. In Colossians 3. Therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on earth. For you died, and your life has been hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, is manifested, then you also will be manifested with him in glory. Therefore consider the members of your earthly body as dead to sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which is idolatry. On account of these things the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience. And in them you also once walked, when you were living in them. But now you also lay them all aside, wrath anger, malice, slander, and abusive speech from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, since you put off the old man with its evil practices, and have put on the new man, who is being renewed to a full knowledge according to the image of the one who created him, a renewal in which there is no distinction between between Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, and free man, but Christ is all and in all. So as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and graciously forgiving each other. Whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord graciously forgave you, so also should you above all these things put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly with all wisdom teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs singing with gratefulness in your hearts to God and whatever you do in word or deed do all in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks to God the Father through him wives be subject to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord Husbands, love your wives, and do not be embittered against them. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is pleasing to the Lord. Fathers, do not exasperate your children, so that they will not lose heart. Slaves, in all things, obey those who are your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but with integrity of heart, fearing the Lord. Whatever you do... Do your work heartily as for the lord rather than for men knowing that from the lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance serve the lord christ for he who does wrong will receive the consequences of the wrong which he has done and that without partiality all right and ezekiel 46 thus says lord yahweh the gates of the inner court facing east shall be shut the six working days but it shall be opened on the Sabbath day and opened on the day of the new moon. Then the prince shall enter by way of the porch of the gate from outside and stand by the post of the gate. Then the priest shall provide his burnt offering and his peace offerings, and he shall worship at the threshold of the gate and then go out. But the gate shall not be shut until the evening, and the people of the land shall also worship at the entrance of the gate before Yahweh on the Sabbaths and on the new moons. Now the burnt offering which the prince <clears throat> which the prince shall bring near to Yahweh, on the Sabbath day shall be six lambs without blemish, and a ram without blemish. And the grain offering shall be an ephah with the ram, and the grain offering with the lamb shall be a gift from his hand, as well as a hen of oil with an ephah. And on the day of the new moon he shall offer a bull from the herd without blemish, also six lambs and a ram, which shall be without blemish. And he shall provide a grain offering, an ephah with the bull, and an ephah with the ram, and with the lambs as much as he is able, and a hen of oil with an ephah. And when the prince enters, he shall go in by way of the porch of the gate, and go out by the same way. But when the people of the land come before Yahweh at the appointed times, he who enters by way of the north gate to worship shall go out by the way of the south gate, and he, he who enters by way of the south gate shall go out by way of the north gate. No one shall return by way of the gate by which he entered, but shall go straight out, so when they go in, the prince shall go in among them, and when they go out, he shall go out. Now at the feasts and the appointed times, the grain offering shall be an ephah with a bull and an ephah with a ram, and with the lambs shall be a gift from his hand, as well as a hen of oil with an ephah. And when the prince provides a freewill offering, a burnt offering, or peace offerings as a freewill offering to Yahweh, the gate facing eaths. East shall be open for him, and he shall provide his burnt offering and his peace offerings as he does on the Sabbath day. Then he shall go out, and the gate shall be shut after he goes out. And you shall provide a lamb a year old without blemish for a burnt offering, but for a burnt offering to Yahweh daily, morning by morning you shall provide it. Also you shall provide a grain offering with it, morning by morning, a sixth of an ephah as well as a third of a hin of oil to moisten the fine flour a grain-offering to Yahweh, continually by a perpetual statute. Thus they shall provide the lamb, the grain-offering, and the oil, morning by morning, for a continual burnt-offering. Thus says Lord Yahweh, If the prince gives a gift out of his inheritance to any of his sons, it shall belong to his sons. It is their possession by inheritance. But if he gives a gift from his inheritance to one of his servants, it shall be his until the year of liberty. Then it shall return to the prince." His inheritance shall be only his son's, it shall belong to them. Now the prince shall not take from the people's inheritance, mistreating them out of their possession. He shall give his son's inheritance from his own possession, so that my people will not be scattered, any one from his possession. Then he brought me through the entrance, which was at the side of the gate, into the holy chambers for the priest, which faced north, and behold, there was a place at the extreme rear toward the west. Then he said to me, this is the place where the priests shall boil the guilt offering and the sin offering and where they shall bake the grain offering in order that they may not bring them out into the outer court to transmit holiness to the people then he brought me out into the outer court and had me pass through the four corners of the court and behold in every corner of the court there was a small court in the four corners of the court there were enclosed courts forty cubits long and thirty wide These four in the corners were the same size. Now there was a row of masonry round about in them, around the four of them, and boiling places were made under the rows round about. Then he said to me, These are the boiling places where the ministers of the house shall boil the sacrifices of the people. And Psalm 102. O Yahweh, hear my prayer, and let my cry for help come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day of my distress incline your ear to me in the day when i call answer me quickly for my days have vanished in smoke and my bones have been scorched like a hearth my heart has been stricken like grass and it has dried up indeed i forget to eat my bread because of the sound of my groaning my bones cling to my flesh i resemble a pelican of the wilderness i have become like an owl of the waste places places i lie awake i have become like a lonely bird on a roof <clears throat> my enemies have reproached me all day long. Those who ridicule me swear against me, for I have eaten ashes like bread, and mixed my drink with weeping, my drinks with weeping, because of your indignation and your wrath, for you have lifted me up and cast me away. My days are like an outstretched shadow, and as for me, I dry up like grass. <coughs> Sorry. But you, O Yahweh, abide forever and the remembrance of your name from generation to generation. You will arise and have compassion on Zion, for it is time to be gracious to it, for the appointed time has come. For your slaves find pleasure in its stones, and show grace to its dust. So the nations will fear the name of Yahweh, and all the kings of the earth your glory. For Yahweh has built up Zion. He has appeared in his glory. He has turned toward the prayer of the destitute and has not despised their prayer. This will be written for the generation to come, and a people yet to be created will praise YAH, for He looked down from His holy height. From heaven Yahweh gazed upon the earth, to hear the groaning of the prisoner, to set free those who were doomed to death, to recount the name of Yahweh in Zion, and His praise in Jerusalem, when the peoples are gathered together, and the kingdoms to serve Yahweh. He has afflicted my strength in the way, he has shortened my days I say O my god do not take me away in the midst of my days your years are from generation to all generations of old you founded the earth and the heavens are the work of your hands even they will perish but you will remain and all of them will wear out like a garment like clothing you will change them and they will be changed but you are the same and your years will not come to an end The children of your slaves will dwell securely and their seed will be established before you. Amen. And that's our reading for the day. All right. That's our episode for this morning. Um, Again, I would uh, hope this helps you. I definitely pray that this would help you again, sharing part of my morning plan, part of my morning routine. I'm hoping to help you whether saved or unsaved to get, to get more and more in the word. Um, it's definitely been something. And again, uh, as much as, as much as this is only part of my morning routine, I do the rest of it before I do the episode. Um, as I've said before, and almost anybody I know, um, that preaches, teaches is, um, even my friends that do podcasts, whether they're preachers or teachers, they're very solid theologians. Um, we all Will tell you that no matter how much we do it's not enough we need to do more reading we need to be more in prayer we need to immerse ourselves we need to saturate there's the word we need to saturate ourselves in the word of god and in prayer um, which includes sitting under the preaching of the word of god um, the fact is whether saved or unsaved that's true um, i'm going to say it again 10 out of 10 people die and 10 out of 10 people face judgment and i know you're t- tired of hearing it But it's because I love you that I say so. We will all face judgment. And outside of the grace of God, we all, no matter how many good, and I put that in quotes, deeds we think we've done or will do in our lives, we all deserve the wrath of God. We all deserve death. And I I wish I could remember the the verse exactly. But one of the verse there in the scripture makes clear that it is a terrifying thing to face a holy God. And it is because we deserve his wrath. We all deserve his wrath and the only thing that keeps us from having to face that wrath if we are saved and that is not a universal, I'm sorry, there are many out there that try to proclaim the universalist doctrine that we're all children of God and we're all going to be saved. No, the Bible is very, very clear. We are not all saved. We are not all going to be saved, which is why I do this, which is why many episodes through the week, I say this same thing. I beg you, please do not assume you're going to be okay. And please do not assume that you can beg repentance on your deathbed. Have there been some solid deathbed conversions? Sure. I'm I'm sure there have been. I don't know of any, but I'm sure there have been. But if you sit there and start begging on your deathbed and it is not genuine that is not a manifestation of genuine faith in God, you're going to hell, as would I be, okay? As would I be. I mean, not any of us that tried to pull that would be going to hell. And hell is not a party. Hell is going to be an eternity facing the wrath of God, an eternity. Everybody gets an eternal life, but it's location. <laughs> I saw somebody post this, is perfect. Location, location, location. You can be in heaven worshiping Christ and just being in such love with Christ and not a not a sensual love like some have tried. Oh, Jesus Christ, my boyfriend. No, 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 no. That, that is so repugnant and heretical and just blasphemous. But he you know, is our husband. He is the husband of the bride of Christ, which we as believers are or, or as unbelievers, which we can become as believers through the work of the Holy Spirit. So please understand the only thing that will make us as human beings able to stand before God as holy and blame us is the sinless life, death and resurrection of Christ. He's our savior. That's why he's called the savior. He is the only one that can do it. There's no other religion, no other, no other, whatever, no, and no other ritual. It is through his death and resurrection that we can be brought to a saving faith in Christ that he can drape us with the pristine robes of his, the sinless life he led. And that at the same time he can pay the price for our sins, for the sins of those who believe not the sins of everybody, the sins of those who believe he pays that price. How can we not love him? for facing that. We've, we've got no concept of what it's like facing the wrath of God. We have absolutely no concept. And believe me, even trying to conceptualize that makes me want to vomit. It just, it gives me such an ugly sense of chills and dread. That is our only salvation, is in Christ. We've got to come to a saving faith in Christ. We've got to sit there and and hit our knees in repentance and humble ourselves in this world where, they, where everybody talks about, be proud, be proud, be proud. And there are some things to be proud about kind of things. But if we are proud in people and we are proud, we have pride in our own selves and pat ourselves on the back because we did this and we did that. I mean, I'm sorry, Nebuchadnezzar did that even after he had been warned in a dream by God and it had been interpreted to him by Daniel and made very, very clear, this is what's going to happen to you. He still strutted around looking at Babylon going, Oh, look at what I did. Look at what I did. And God struck him. That's you and me. We strut around in our pride. We will be struck down. We will be struck with the wrath of God. And it will be an eternity of that if we do not come to a saving faith in Christ. We've got to come to a place of humility. We've got to put down, to to, to hit our knees and and to just confess all of that sin, all of that hidden things. And, And man, I'm talking all of it. And it's tough because we as humans have a tendency to want to hang on to this little favorite one and that little favorite one. And oh, this isn't a big one. And oh, that's not a big deal. They're all big deals and every one of them by itself condemns us to death and condemns, condemns us to the wrath of God. Every one of them, we've got to bring them. We've got to hit our knees. We've got to mortify them. We've got to put them at the foot of the cross and mortify them and beg repentance, come in repentance and just beg forgiveness. God, please forgive me of my fleshliness of, 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 of my repugnant, radical sin nature. Forgive me of that. We've got to be there. And we've got to be begging God to forgive us and send the Holy Spirit to do the work of regeneration, bringing us to repentance and faith. We've got to be. All of us need to be doing that. Yes, I said all of us are not saved. But at the same time, There is no human anywhere who knows who is saved and who isn't. God knows. God knows. I mean, we may know if we come to a saving faith, but we don't know who else has. And I would beg that for you. I don't want any of you to face the wrath of God. Like I said before, I love you. I mean, I really do. That's not just a platitude. I love you and I do not want you to face face the wrath of God. I don't want you to face eternity in hell. I want you to be saved. And that's why I bring you the gospel. That's why I do this reading. The more and more we are immersed, the more and more we are prepared for the work of the Holy Spirit in us. And as Christians, if we're already saved, the more and more we're in the word and prayer and under the preaching of the word. The more and more. Our Christian walk is shored up. We are equipped and edified, and our way is hedged up, so that we truly walk a Christian walk. Um, Ephesians four, actually it goes four in through five, um, speaks of the the different types of walk that are the Christian walk, and all of them come together to be the Christian walk, the worthy walk of a Christian. But we can't do that without being immersed. And as I said, saturated in the word of God and in prayer and in the preaching of the word, the solid preaching of the word. I would beg you to saturate yourself in that beyond just listening to me in the morning or not even not listening to me some other way, including reading it. Please do the work of trying, even if you really struggle to read, please try to put some time into working up the ability to read. I mean, I know we've gotten into a a place with society where we do so little reading. We watch this, we watch that. We stream this on on tablet, phone, computer, Roku, smart TV, whatever. And we don't read anymore. Please read. That's why I want you to get the hard copies. Please read whether you read along with me or not. Please be in the word of God. Okay, let's go ahead and pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, thank you so much for giving us this time together this morning. Dear Lord, we so need your word. We so need prayer. And we so need to improve upon it and increase upon it, not to earn our salvation or not to make you pat us on the back. But to bring us more and more in line with you, more and more in line with Christ. It should be an outflow of the saving faith which you granted us. It should be an outflow of that repentance and faith. It should be that outflow of obedience that comes from love. And Lord, we would pray that this would empower us and engender us to walk worthy. Dear Lord, we would continue to pray for all those impacted by Ian. Um, Of course, we pray for their physical well-being and for the physical well-beings of their families. But we mostly pray for their spiritual well-being because that is the most important, Lord. We would pray that the saints there would truly show your light in that area, would truly show themselves your children, and that the unsaved would be brought to a saving faith in Christ through these trials. Dear Lord, please be with us as we go out into the world today. Lord, our our world is nuts. And Lord, we would pray for our world and for our country. Lord, we know we've gone the way of Sodom and Gomorrah and, and gone way beyond. And Lord, we would pray for revival, particularly in our country, but the world needs it too. We would pray for revival, Lord. We have so gone off the rails, and we are so under judgment, and we know it. But Lord, we would pray that a revival would come, and that we would turn back to you. In your name we pray, amen. All right, you go have yourself a wonderful day. And remember to do all that you do for the glory of God. Have a good one. God bless.